expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Welcome to Entitled to Overcome, Exploring Solutions for Life Today, a presentation of Take 12 Recovery Radio. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dave Fleming and the Monty Man. That's right. Rocking out on the other side of the microphone is Dave Fleming, CADC Level 2. Good day, vid. What's up? What's Ooh, did, you, up? did you see what I did there? Good What's day, up? vid. Good day, vid, David. See what I did there? Nice. That, and I didn't even realize I did that until I did it. <laughs> I like it when that happens. Synchronicity. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wave to all the YouTubers out there, Dave. Hey, hey. YouTubers. Welcome. Hey, there he welcome, is. Welcome, welcome. There, there he is. Uh, the, Sit back. Enjoy. Enjoy. Yes. As we discuss the topic, uh, preference or conviction. Are you living by preference or conviction? And we'll be talking about that uh, uh, here in, in just a second. Um, I changed the fish tank yesterday. I got that done. And uh, what else did I get done? Oh, watched, uh, watched the latest episode of Big Brother. Got that done. Whoop whoop! Are you watching that at this time? <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's something me and my wife do. I mean, yeah. I we we joke around, and you know, it's like, oh God, here's another year of this nonsensical ridiculousness. And oh, I love it though. My wife says, "So, are you going to watch it with me?" And I said, "Yes, of course." <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so we did that too. I think it's time though. Once again. What time is it, Monty? It's time for Dave and Monty's Icebreaker. That's right. Yikes. Good thing I got shoes on. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to step on all that broken glass. Um, Ice cubes. and. Okay, have you heard about the whole shark attack thing? Have you heard? Have uh, you heard I, the politically correct news I, I, now? Yeah. <laughs> Is it? I, I thought Shark Week was like a couple weeks ago. I don't. You remember? Remember Shark Week on on the Sci Fi Station? Remember they'd have all the different oh Sharknados. Well, they Should actually still have that, but it's on whatever. It's on some you know whatever. Right. Have, did, TBS. Did you or, ever watch Sharknado? Any of the Sharknado uh, episodes? Uh, about. Five minutes, if that, <laughs> just to go. Oh my god! I actually, I actually. What sat the heck through, was somebody thinking? I sat through three. Must of be those. some good, you know, <clears throat> marijuana. <laughs> I don't know, man. Sharks flying around in a tornado, staring at their fish tank, biting people's heads off. Um. Well, okay. So evidently, uh, the politically correct term is not shark attack anymore. Oh, it's shark interaction. And and here's the reason why, which kind of makes sense, I suppose. But, I mean, in in, in the lineup of ridiculousness uh, of, of the way our world goes today, it, it, I'm not surprised mm. about this, but evidently there's a scientist in Australia um, that says, you know, because because sharks don't have hands like people do to check things out, the way they check things out is with their snout and with their mouth. They're investigating, right? And so they see you swimming along. They don't mean, you know, to bite your head off. They they're just checking you out, and they may bite a little too hard, like a puppy who plays a little too rough. 
one article said. So it's really not a shark attack, Dave. A wolf puppy. It's a shark interaction. And we really shouldn't deem it as a shark attack. And I read one article that said uh, from a guy who had lost his arm, he said, yeah, yeah, tell that to me who was struggling in the water, bleeding everywhere, my arm's gone, that I just had a pleasant puppy-like interaction with the shark. <laughs> wow. So don't call it shark attack. That's not fair to the shark. What do you think, Dave? I think I need some <laughs> shark skin cowboy boots. <laughs> well, here's the here's the other one. Um, this has actually been debunked. But when they say debunked, I don't know if I believe that, those people either, right? Um, probably some of the uh, the fact chuckers. Yes, the the yes. Yeah, who knows? A uh, lustful Olympic athlete should think twice before making the bedrock in Tokyo. Literally, the bedrock in Tokyo. The world's best sports competitors are set to spend their nights on cardboard beds, allegedly designed to collapse under the weight of fornicators to discourage sex amid COVID-19. Olympic officials who already warned 2021 game participants to avoid Two-person push-ups wow. because of the coronavirus have set up 18,000 of the cardboard beds uh, in the sex-crazed athlete's village, according to Dizine magazine. Beds to be installed in the Tokyo Olympic Village will be made of cardboard. This is aimed at avoiding intimacy amongst athletes. Beds will be able to withstand the weight of a single person to avoid situations beyond sports. Olympic athletes have never shied away from hanky-panky, but officials have warned it could spell particular trouble this year amid the pandemic. First of all... So ridiculous. First of all, when was the last time you needed a bed to have sex if you are going to have sex? Right? I mean, give me a break. That is so, <laughs> dare I say, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> it's oh, like, Lord well, evidently, this, this has been debunked. And uh, they're saying that... Sure, they're actually going to have it, or is it going to be a virtual Olympics? Uh, sure. <laughs> well, then you can, then you don't have to worry, I guess, about who you have sex with where. Um, Get your... Uh, your uh, but, but the Japanese have been making cardboard furniture for years. Um, and it's pretty heavy-duty stuff. Some of it is even stronger than your, your typical beds uh, and, and chairs. But, I mean, it's that corrugated, like... 500 times width. I've seen these things. Yeah. Um, when I was in Japan in 1971 with the Boy Scouts of America for a world jamboree, they had stuff like this, right? And so they're saying, no, we do this for recycling purposes. You know, we're done. We don't have all the, we don't have to do the laundry. We have to do, we just throw the bed away. Probably. I, I don't know. But you know what? It's amazing to me what's newsworthy these days. And we just fell into it by broadcasting it here. Wow. Oh, my goodness sakes. So there you go, Dave. That's uh, that's the icebreaker. <laughs> uh, All right. We'll be back right after this. Break that over my head. Hey there. It's the Monty Man. Did you know that Take 12 Recovery Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are listener-supported? What that means is we don't receive any financial assistance from advertising products or services that have nothing to do with health or recovery, but are supported by you, our listeners. Any other promotions we commit to are purely our way of sponsoring other endeavors we feel are beneficial to the recovery community. Well, one thing we have learned all too well in our second decade of broadcasting is that we receive not because we ask not. Therefore, three times a year, we come to you, our listeners, for help. Because we are listener-supported, we depend on your donations to keep us on the air. Our listening audience has helped us to do just that. And once again, we are asking for your support. If you feel that Take 12 Recovery Radio is a valuable part of breaking the stigma of addiction and a resource of recovery from the world's number one health crisis, we ask that you consider becoming a Take 12 partner. To donate any amount 
or to sign up for a reoccurring monthly donation, simply visit our website at take12radio.com and scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the donate button. All proceeds go directly to pay for our expenses to continue to bring you the best in recovery talk and positive music. Won't you consider partnership today? Thank you and God bless. All right, welcome back to the show. You've tuned in to Entitled to Overcome Solutions for Life Today with CADC Level 2, the vid, vid, David. What's up? Uh, Fleming, there he is, there once again. Uh, listen, if you'd like to subscribe to our YouTube channel and you're watching on YouTube, just hit the subscribe button. There you go. That That's easy. Awesome, man. That easy. Hey, I, hear, I heard a rumor that uh, our, our last show... We had uh, uh, some pretty good uh, numbers. We did. Yeah. We did. Really quick, too. That's awesome. I'd like to thank all of our our, our listeners and watchers and friends in recovery. That is awesome. Yeah, keep it up. Keep it up. And, and, uh, you know, you are welcome to. That's one thing that we we give you full permission to do if you want to. If you you can download these shows, you go to take12radio.com and click on uh, f- follow me on Podomatic. You can go there and download the shows. Uh, some of the other major podcasting platforms allow you to download the shows. Download them, make copies of them, give them to your friends. Uh, you know, distribute them. You have our permission to do nice. that. We just ask you not to make it a financial thing where you're charging people for them <laughs> and you're on your honor there yeah uh, <clears throat> hey, hey can i give a, get a can i give a shout out absolutely so i found i stumbled across something this morning uh when i was you know checking my uh facebook uh peeps out and uh, a friend of mine from minnesota posted a, a little snippet he says uh Look what I woke up to, and I guess today celebrates his two years. Uh, oh wow! In recovery, and uh, you know, I just like to say congratulations, Jeremy, and uh, keep up the good work. Good on you, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah, good deal. Right on. You got a lot of peeps back there, don't you? I, I have peeps everywhere. You're just a peepy kind of guy. Well, you know, that I... That sounded wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, make sure there isn't uh, any bad service. You don't know what people actually heard on that one. Right, right. Um, I have, you know, Minnesota is where, um, you know, I spent a lot of my years in my addiction uh, and my... You know, it's where God met me. Right. And my recovery uh, lifted the veil, uh, scales or whatever you want to call it from my eyes. Sure. And, you know, uh, couldn't have woke me up. And so it holds a near and dear place in my heart. Yeah. You know, got a lot of friends in, in, in a few different churches and recovery throughout uh, throughout Minnesota. So, yeah. So, so we're waving at you, Minnesota. Hi. <laughs> uh, come out and visit everybody. So, uh, Jeremy, right? You said, yeah, yeah. Good, good job. Congratulations. That yeah. that is good. Jeremy V. Well, obviously, I mean, if 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 you've got two years, uh, you know, under your belt, then you probably have lived at least somewhat by conviction not just preference uh you know yeah and and uh so that that's our our, our topic can i read this dave yeah go okay for it. um uh, this this comes out of a devotional called preference or conviction several years ago i heard a fantastic sermon by charles stanley it brought to light a very important question and this is it am i a person of preference or a person of conviction Preference means that if I find myself in a situation that could be inconvenient or difficult, I would choose or look for a way out, basically saying, I prefer to do something else, so I will. 
This may be safe, but isn't always right. Conviction, on the other hand, says, if I'm in a situation, no matter what the consequences, I must follow God's direction. Well, Daniel from the Old Testament found himself in a unique position, just a young man when he was taken captive. He was mature beyond his years. As you read the first chapter of Daniel, you'll see that he had a choice and could have gone the preferred route, but he proposed in his heart and stood by his convictions, bowing to no one but God. Taking a stand based on conviction may not always be easy, but its rewards are worth the effort. It's a right choice to make. Wow. And, and you know, when we posted that we were going to be talking about this, our friend Easy yeah. responded, and I don't think he would mind uh, us mentioning him because he posted it on social media worldwide for the world to see. Right. Right. Um <laughs> That that maybe maybe he lives in both. Can he can you live in both? And, and I said, well, I think mo I think most of us probably do to some degree. Um, but are we moving forward? Are are we just living by our preferences? And uh, and then you said what you said about um, <laughs> straddling the fence. You know what they say about straddling the <laughs> fence? You know, you got one foot in yesterday and one in tomorrow, and you're you know yeah <laughs> that thing. What happens if you slip? You slip. Um, and I'm thinking about, you know, when you're a kid and you're walking on that on the neighbor's picket fence oh. like you're not supposed to. Mm. And and then you slip and you get one of the pickets in, in a, lodged in somewhere very, where you very uh, <laughs> uncomfortable. And that place. happens when we when we live by compromise. And th this sounds to me like maybe preference sometimes is a compromise. Right. Um how have you lived your life, Dave? I know I've I've had I've straddled the fence plenty. Well, yeah. I mean, especially back back in the, you know, addiction. Right. Right? Uh you're kind of, you know, jumping on on either side of that fence most of the time. You're right. On one side or the other, you know, hmm, should I go this way or that way? Uh it wasn't until you know, my eyes were open to uh, reality that I had to make a decision. It wasn't one way or the other. I had to pick a side, right? Pick a side. Right? Wow. So that goes back to the only thing you have to change is everything. And so in order for me to, you know, or most people in recovery, it's like we got to do something different than what we've been doing. Mm -hmm. Right. Do the opposite of what's been causing us problems. Right. Right. And then, so if we don't do that, we're going back to being, to compromising. Right? Yeah. And when we eh, come I don't want to go to a meeting. Eh, I don't want to go to church. Eh, I don't want to help this person. I'm late, you know, I'm late or I'm tired after work and, you know, then pretty soon it's a well, one beer's okay. Well, yeah, you know, it doesn't even have to go that far. It it doesn't, but I mean, it can. Yeah, or, or, or you know, this time I'll just take twenty dollars out of the ATM <laughs> because I I would prefer to walk around with some money in my pocket. I had that I had that issue for a long time. Yeah, when I first got first got sober, what was I'm a man. I need to have at least twenty dollars in my wallet. Well, every time I had twenty dollars in my wallet, I got myself into trouble. Mm. You know, because I was so early in recovery, I didn't have strong boundaries yet. I hadn't applied the principles right. and the steps. Um, I, I certainly didn't. It, even if it was innocently spent, I certainly didn't. I, it, it didn't stay in my wallet. Yeah, and it was usually spent on things that I didn't even need. Well, um, yeah. But well now, I mean, everybody uses debit cards with. Oh yeah, basically yeah, yeah, yeah. the same thing. Right. I mean, I, I'm the same way, but I don't think of it as oh, I'm a man and I gotta have. It's like I just uh, like to have a couple dollars in my pocket just in case. Sure. Now that's different though. Yeah. That was my before my thing was it was just a pride and ego thing. Right. You know. Um, but I get it because I remember yeah. you know every you know payday comes and you know oh I got a big wad of cash and you know mm -hmm. it doesn't last very long <laughs> usually a couple of days if that. I, um, you know, when, as you work with people that that uh, are in recovery on a professional level, 
Um, do you hear a lot of compromises, a lot of preferences, as well as convictions at the same time when you're talking with guys? Yeah. I mean, it's with everybody. It doesn't yeah. matter if it's a guy or a girl. It's everybody has, you know, that's early in recovery, even been in it for a while, still struggle with, you know, I want, you know, it's the old, I, I want to do the right thing, but I don't. Mm-hmm. And can rattle off a list of excuses why I'm not able to, or it's inconvenient or whatever. Uh, and then on the other side of that, you know, well, that's typically when people relapse, right? Cause they compromise, they don't stick to their convictions. They have no, their integrity is, you know, is, is off. You know, I think when I, when I read that, uh, you know, conviction is also another way of saying integrity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I'm called to do something or I have, you know, this is, you know, if I have a, if I work a recovery program, then I'm going to work a recovery program every day, every second of the day. Um, I mean, I talk about it all the time. Sure. But that's that conviction. You know, if I start uh, going into, well, you know, I don't really feel like it or, you know, uh, come up with an excuse or well, I didn't set my alarm or I didn't make a note of it, da 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 da, da or I'm too tired or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife wants to spend time with me or my I need to take my dog for a walk. I haven't taken my dog. I always come up with some excuse. Always. Not to do something. Yeah. Or, you know, somebody calls and says, oh, I need some help. Oh, I can't. Sorry. I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, uh. I live one day at a time. What's I your big brother? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, have a, I got a commitment to CBS. Right. But that's the start of that slippery slope. Yes, When we is. start living in the preference, you know. That's a really good statement. That's the start of the slippery slope. Because I can choose whether or not. Uh, I want to do something or help somebody or, you know, it also comes into play on how we react to people, mm. especially negative people, right? Do we just, you know, uh, try to uh, pray for them, love them where they're at, or do we lash out at them? Mm-hmm. Right. Or mm-hmm. ignore them or, you know, maybe even talk Avoid about them. them behind their back or yeah. whatever. With You know, even if they do deserve it, we're not going to change who we are or we're not going to uh, move into a higher uh, place in this in our lives. If we're constantly on this battle of, you know, uh, throwing them. I treat the this person this way and I treat this other person a different way because right. whatever. Well, how did Jesus treat people? Sure. Did he, who did he hang out with? Did he, you know, love one person and hate another person? Or did he teach about love and tolerance and forgiveness? And, and, And he was able to distinguish between the behavior and the person. And a lot of times we don't do that. We, we make the person, the behavior and the behavior, the person, and, and, you know, we've said before, people do things for a reason. Maybe we ought to look at the reason instead of just blaming the person all the time. Well, and sometimes we just follow the crowd or the yeah. person in charge. Sure. Right? Sure. Or, you know, <laughs> the news. The news. Yeah, whatever you say. Okay, let's all get in line and, you know. Anyway, that's a whole different topic. Well, so but it's like you know the the always I, the story about the woman in the well always comes up mm. because it fits into so many fits well into so many different uh, scenarios, and mm. it's like you know all these people are yelling, yeah, nah, you know, and you know wanting to stone her, and you know what does what does Jesus say? Yeah, are you, are you talking about Mary Magdalene? And they all want to throw rocks at her and kill her because she's an adulteress. Yeah, yeah. He says, "Well, whoever whoever doesn't have any sin, 
Go ahead. Yeah, cast the first stone. Here you go. Right? Right. And, that was that was a and that was did. a Holy Spirit thing because I would imagine that there's you know, that's that social thing, right? right. Nobody was like because they don't want to be like called out. Wait a minute. You threw that stone, but you Right. They all got convicted and walked away. Yeah. Or at least that's the way the story goes, right? So so I you know and, and and I have to tell you that I, I cannot claim innocence in this because I, I've lived a life of preference mm. when I knew that that I should f- be following the conviction. Uh, I've done that in my past, I, I, you know, more times than I can care to admit. But it, it concerns me when I see people in recovery um, fo- so focused, and I understand it in early recovery, <clears throat> but so focused on abstinence of whatever substance that they're dealing with and that's as far as they go and they and they don't go to what's fueling it they don't go to the trauma they don't go they don't it, or they find out certain things that have contributed to this because the substance use is is the symptom it's not the problem right we've talked about that at length um but when it gets to what's really the problem what's going on they don't want to change those things they just want sobriety they just want abstinence because well, they don't want the consequences right. of, of what not being abstinence bring, brings. So they continue to live with their shack up, honey, and, and, or, 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 or spout profanity right and left. And when somebody uses profanity over the top continually, I have to wonder what kind of turmoil is going on in their life. Um, or, or somebody that is constantly bitter or putting people down or always throwing them under the bus or like you were talking about what is going on are they unwilling to go any further than just abstinence and i have to say in in my own experience that was me i didn't want to go any further than abstinence well for a long time i think it goes back to uh fear Mm. because sometimes people really don't know where this all started because it's been so long or there's been so much conflict and damage over the years that it's hard to go back to the, what, how it all started, you know? Yeah. And I think we just, I think it's, uh, it's up to, I think it's up to the people that have been in long-term recovery to help those that are struggling or that are new in recovery or that we see, I mean, we need to reach out sometimes, you know? Right. Uh, Cause people, even if need- it's in a, in a, in a meeting, in a general way, you know, Hey, if anybody, you know, da, 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 looking for a sponsor or whatever, um, you could do it that way or, or whatever. And then let the people, the person, you know, or people come up to you and ask you for help. Sometimes, you know, we have to go out of our way to help others. Yeah, because people don't necessarily know how to unpack any of that stuff. No, and they probably have no yardstick to measure it by. And a lot of people will, you know, um, you know, I, I go to me, you know, the people talk about, well, I go to a meeting on Tuesdays, mm-hmm. right? Maybe I go to church on Sundays or whatever. Um, but I always go back to recovery earlier addiction, right? How many, uh, hours a day did you spend in your addiction, right? When we're in our addiction, if we're honest, it's a 24 seven thing, right? Sure. So why, why not take and spend an hour a day or two hours a day or whatever it is, uh, as a trade off for a new life and a new way of thinking you know and yeah i know for me it wasn't until i just focused on what i need to do today the tw- i mean it sounds cliche about you know one day at a time not all those yeah. sayings or whatever but you know what it it worked for me because i traded every other way and i was always you know i was doing the analytical thing and i got to see this you know science behind it and da 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 and this works and that doesn't work and that's you know that's good and that's stupid and where it's like okay i'm just gonna like 
do what's suggested, right? Because mm-hmm. it's just suggested. Give that a try. If it and if it doesn't work, I can always go back to doing what I was doing. And basically, it boils down to is I need. I, I think people need to, especially early on. That's why I think that's why they. A lot of people talk about you know the ninety meetings in ninety days because not only is it gives you time to actually find meetings that you that uh, that work for you that you can call home. Yeah. Right, you got to shop around a little bit, right? I mean, a little bit because yeah. there's different, there's so many different styles, and you know, and you got to have options in case you know your work schedule changes or this changes or that changes or whatever. Uh, in order to start listening to people and figuring out because some some of that stuff that i learned along the way it's like hmm, i never really thought about it that way or Mm -hmm. you know that's Mm -hmm. you know the 800th time i heard somebody talk about the first step oh i never thought about like that that's good you know right and i can incorporate that and and make some changes or or whatever i'm looking at it different uh because step one is probably one of the biggest ones Right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, admitting you have a it, there's that problem. Right. Right. Because uh, I know uh, that kept me stuck for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not gonna be powerless, and I'm not gonna be out of control. Right. Uh, I've already had people take that from me when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, your parents mm-hmm. and authority and all that. You know, becoming an adult now, I get to choose. Well, in order for me to learn things that I don't know, I actually have to be around people and listen to other people's stories. So you can hear the things you don't know. Right. right? And so then I can say, okay, well, then I need to, maybe I need to look at that. Maybe I need to get a sponsor and trying to think that I can do this on my own. Right. And that's, you know, where I came, my conviction came in is where I, today I'm going to, uh, I'm going to do my morning meditation. I'm going to go to work. Uh, I'm going to come home or I'm going to come home and eat dinner and then go to a meeting. Or maybe I'm going to go to a meeting right after work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I get to uh, talk about my day, good or bad, and leave it there or just listen. And every single time, it didn't matter if I was tired, you know, the hungry, angry, lonely, tired. It changed my whole life. Changed that day changed my perspective. <clears throat> you know, I even had times where I was like, oh, I'm going to be 15 minutes late. And, you know, you've heard this story before. And I go to stop at a light and the meeting list slides out of my visor and it's got mm-hmm. the meeting highlighted that I, I was going to, but I was right. running late. Right. And I was like, okay, God, you know, uh, I guess I'm going to the meeting. <laughs> hey. I, I got the message. So, I, you know, <laughs> and that's one of those things where I can – I can decide, well, you know, I'm late. I don't want to walk in. I don't want to look stupid. Da, 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 da. You know, I'll go home and maybe read my book or whatever, come up with some excuse. And it's like, no, I got to follow through. This is my thing. This is what I do today. Um, Rather than and that might have been, you know, a, a year of doing that same thing every right. single day. Right. But that's that's that conviction. That's, that's the that conviction versus integrity, the right? Yeah. Uh, and, and I go there with no expectations, not knowing what they're going to talk about. And th- I go to share my experience, strength, and hope. Yeah. And if I can't help somebody else out while I'm there, great. If someone can help me out, great. Yeah. And tomorrow's yeah. another day. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. So l- let me let me speak to this 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 thing about saying one thing and doing another and, and and i'm not talking about the intentional hypocrite uh you know the the pharisee if you will right just the average human being um <clears throat> it fascinates me um when i hear and i give this I- I- example there, there's there's a person that i know that um has has only contacted me twice in all the years that I've known this individual. Uh, and I met them, I met them at a recovery event uh, years ago on the other side of the country. And they've contacted me twice in these several years. And both times 
it has been they have been in dire straits they have uh they have been uh they're, they're in trouble yeah right and they're asking for money <clears throat> because they found themselves in a homeless situation or they found themselves needing something right now a ride or so and they've contacted everybody they know supposedly and nobody's helping them right which is a red flag i'm like okay out of all the people you know what's the common denominator here is it you <laughs> maybe um but i listen to them yeah right and i offer what i can uh it's not going to be money um because i have boundaries there yeah but I look, uh, and this this happened recently. Uh, I was just curious. So after I got done talking with this individual, I, I I started looking through their social media page, and social media pages will tell you a lot about a person, right? And it is so dark, and pictures of kids, little kids flipping you off. Um, pictures of just dark stuff a lot of profanity uh, just you know and yet this person supposedly is in recovery or at least has scratched the surface of it at some point and i'm thinking there's a lot more going on in this person's life than just drinking and using you can always tell a lot about a person yes. by what they post on their social media. And, and I and I noticed that there was a similarity between this person's social media and a lot of people that I know that that are members of the faith community that when that it seems like they live a lot by preference on social media but when I see them in person it appears like they're living by conviction. And so I, I'm checking myself here and going, have, have I done that? Sure, maybe not in the same way. Right. Right. So I really have to check myself. And so when I read this about am I living by, you know, for, you know, these choices like Daniel, I mean, here he's faced in the lion's den. He is faced with his demons, so to speak, up close and personal. And he is not going to bend. You know, what that I could be more like Daniel. You know, and, and and so my prayer for my friend is that somewhere here something happens to him that only God can do, mm. right, to change his, his direction. So instead of judging him and, and, and feeling harsh towards him and scratching my head, committing him unto prayer and lifting him up for God to take care of him because he's right. on the other side of the country and I'm over here anyway. Right. Um, but it, it, I find it fascinating that members of the faith community who claim one thing, the stuff they post on social media, it just, I, I, just, I, I don't get it until I read that we are all faced with following preference or conviction and we all make decisions. Uh, and sometimes they're not the best ones. And on social media, things are there forever, right? So the boo-boos that we do they're there for everybody to see, even if we've changed. Well, and, you know, sometimes that, that's a matter of perspective, too. I mean, you can usually tell what someone's about. Yeah. Uh, if you go back far enough on their social media, I mean, someone can make some changes here and there and and post some things. Um, but it's not really... It's how I interpret things too. Sometimes, but some stuff I have to look a little deeper and I understand. Maybe that, message them and talk to them. Uh, there's a somebody. Sometimes they're unaware too that they've reposted something because they haven't really read it. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're all and you know there's a yeah. I, I don't want to go on this the, too much of a rabbit trail, but you know there there's yeah. So uh, we just got to be careful. I, there was somebody said something, um, kind of a statement that is stuck with me. It's like, I, I'm not going to be my brother's keeper. I'm going to be my brother's brother mm. and sister, right? Mm -hmm. 
So that means to me is that I want to, I'm going to help somebody. I'm not going to try to control them. I'm not going to do something for them or give them, Ah, you know, yeah. Kind of like the government's kind of giving people money and where, where's it coming from? Right. Right. Uh, so uh, I think that part of our conviction as people in recovery and people of, you know, a faith or, you know, just wanting to do the right thing, we need to help each other out. And, you know, the little example you gave, yeah, you got to look at the situation, the person and where you feel comfortable. And like you said, if it's a, you know, two times a year and it's usually, a, you know, asking for money or whatever, you usually can usually try to help someone out by saying, hey, here's some community re- resources yeah, sure. There's probably something similar in your town. Let me point you in a direction Excuse that can me. be helpful for you. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I have to say that I've been in a position where I had an emergency situation. And this is when I'm in, well, it was probably five years into recovery. And I had to, you know... I had to go ask for help. For help. Uh huh. Right. And you made a comment about, you know, uh, you know, if nobody else in their life is helping them out, there must be a red flag. Well, sometimes in our addiction mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, or our, our, you know, family just doesn't, that's not what they're about, or they can't because they don't have mm-hmm. the, the resources, mm-hmm. can't help you out financially, you know? Um, and I know for me, it's part of that, uh, you know, my, basically my, my daughter got kidnapped, uh, for lack of a, for a short, you know, a short story instead of a long story. And I had to get my wife on a plane, uh, to California, like that night from Minnesota to California. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was like 1100 bucks. For a round trip ticket, which you didn't have at the time, which right? I didn't have, yeah. Um, and so I just, you know, I asked somebody, uh, felt convicted to ask somebody that was a part of my recovery in my life, and he was able to do it. I didn't have anybody else to, you know, yeah, and you know, I just paid rent and just, you know, everything the stars were aligned to, sure, you know, um. But that's one of those things, you know, you, 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 you pay it back or you give back or whatever it is, you know, um, sometimes like I try to do the same thing. Like if some, if someone asks me for help, but if I can, uh, if it's, you know, if I can financially, I just tell people to pay it forward. I don't even ask them to pay me back. Cause it's like, yeah, if I, I can't I agree, afford I to do that. that yeah. Then I shouldn't do it. I agree with you. Um, you, you give open-handedly. It almost yeah, ruined yeah. a one another time. Almost ruined uh, a friendship uh, with some people, and you know, I didn't. I don't want to go down that road. It was one of those lessons I had to learn. Um, you know. Yeah. That was through that conviction, and you know, my preference would have been to uh, coll- collect on the the collateral for the loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what would that have cost me? It would have cost me friendship and I, you know, and a whole lot of other things. That it cost you way more than you were willing to, to, yeah, to pay. Lessons yeah, lessons and like, you know, things like that. So, and it wasn't, you know, anyway, that's a whole other story. So let, let, me, let me ask you about it. one of the things that, that pops into my head when I think of preference versus conviction is the guy that's sitting on the street corner with the sign at the end of your mini mall or strip mall or whatever and you're coming out and i in my head i'm thinking of the dollar tree down here the dollar store you know and and often i'll pull out of the dollar store parking lot and there'll be somebody sitting there with a sign and i i will feel a tug on my heart not not an emotional heartstring tug that comes out of my own imagination but a legitimate this is a god thing i mean i can i can tell yeah right and I'm and I learned years ago uh, when God's asking you to do it, you don't worry about the outcome. You just do it. Right. Right. Well, they may spend the money on this or whatever. No, that's not up to you. That's that's if God's asking you to do it, do it. 
if he's not, then move on, perhaps. And I, it's happened to me more than once where I felt a conviction in my gut and in my spirit, you know, go make this guy, get a thermos of cold water, go make this guy some sandwiches, bring him back. Uh, there's been a couple uh, times when there was. Whatever's in your wallet, give it to him now. And my flesh would be, yeah, but, and then it would be like the Spirit of God was saying, I didn't ask you that. Yep. Right? And I'd pull over and I'd give it to them and it isn't my business what the result is. Right. My business is to be obedient by the conviction. But my preference is right. to go out, to turn the car around and go out the other exit so I can avoid even looking at them, right? That's my preference. But I've been that guy on that street corner. I've been the guy that thought to myself, if these people only knew I really am starving. Yeah. I really, really am. I have no intentions of using. I am so hungry if they only knew my heart. And I have to think about that. Um, so there's a lot of times we see people in need. Maybe it's something that radical or maybe it's something subtle. And the spirit of the living God tugs on our heart and says, I want you to move in this direction. But our flesh says, no, nah, I prefer not to. Yeah. Right. And who really loses the blessing then? Well, and it's like, you know, what if that's God? Yeah. Test, you know, it's like I, not testing you, but it's like prompting wh you. What are you going to, gonna, you know, what are you going to do? Right. And then there's that prompting. And then there's also that, you know, the red flag. Right. You know, like I've, I've seen, you know, there's there's a few people that I've seen around Corvallis that, you know, they've got their dog with them. Or. And that's the manipulative tool. Or yeah. or uh, there's one I saw the other day that this lady, it's, you know, 100 degrees out and she's got two kids and a stroller mm -hmm. and she's got a sign out there. And I want to call, I want to like, that's child abuse right there. Mm. You know? Yeah. It's like, is that somebody that's really desperate or are they just using the children as a, as a tool? And then, you know, the next day there's a, you know, a guy with them and they're doing the same thing. And it's like, man, I, back in the day, man, I, I used to go, I'd run into people all the time in like San Francisco mm -hmm. and, you know, to give you the, the story about, Hey, you know, you got a couple bucks, I'm hungry or right. oh, you got, you got a couple bucks and need gas. And I'd be like, hey, let's go and get you some food. Yeah, I've done that. Or, hey, times. let's, yeah. you know, we'll go get you some gas. And, it, you know, um, most of the time it's like, oh, never mind. Yeah, then you know. that's not really what they want. Then you know. Right? You know, it's like, yeah. oh, we're on our, on our way to, you know, Texas and we ran out of gas and, you know, we're in San Francisco and you just need a couple dollars for, for gas. And then, you know, you turn around and they're driving off <laughs> yeah i i have brought i've told people before okay just stay right here stay right here i'll yeah. be right back i'm gonna go get you a couple burgers and come back and the way they were eating i could tell they hadn't eaten in days right right um but you're right you, you know so sometimes the difference between preference and conviction can get a little blurry you know, and I think it clears up the more we do stay in tune with our creator. Right. Um, and, and, and that's a daily thing. You got to be doing that on a, on a day. And we certainly are, have all been guilty of making the wrong choice. Well, I mean, how much yeah. do people w waste on, on a <coughs> Starbucks coffee? Yeah. You know, you know what's, what's what or, is the 32 ounce Dunn's ones? Or not Dunn's brother. What's the, what's the other, uh, uh, human being, Dutch Brothers. Dutch Brothers, yeah. yeah. You yeah. spend five bucks on some fancy, you know, coffee. Twelve, 12 bucks for the 32-ounce freeze thingy. <laughs> right, which is just no ice. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was, you know, if I ever get that stuff, it's hot. Because I want you filling it up with ice cubes. Now well, the caffeine hits you so much quicker if it's hot. Just get a 911 with an <laughs> extra shot. So it's like eight shots. So are, are we uh, are we living by conviction or are we living by preference? Yeah, I think we probably all would be, I uh, have to say, a little of both. I, I, I hope that the closer we, we come to our relationship with God that 
conviction is is our default. Um, but I I don't know, Dave. I have to check myself. And when I read that, I was like, huh. It really made me think. It really made me think. Well, yeah, because we are, you know, we're conditioned yeah. by our society. And we have to make a conscious effort, excuse me, every day. Right. And, you know, that's what, you know, whatever this the, this new life, recovery, being, you know, uh, a person of faith, you know, whatever tagline you want to add to it. We have to do a constantly, we have to constantly check uh, our motives mm-hmm. every day, all day long, because we can very easily slip back, just in fall it. back into, you know, if, you know, um, <laughs> especially if you're, you, know, you watch, you turn the TV on and you watch and like in five minutes, it's, you know, six stories about hate and fear and death. Absolutely. And the world's burning down and everyone's, you know, getting sick but yet no one's you know yeah falling down dead in the street like they're making it sound like it's happening right and it's like well if you buy into that if you if you connect with that into your spirit then everything you do in your life is going to get connected to that every person you see you're going to think that oh there's you know whatever yeah something going on or they're out to get you or you know whatever you hear a siren or whatever oh what's is is my neighborhood burning down or you know what's the <laughs> it's like come on it's like yeah I choose to live in in love man and even though sometimes it's the hardest thing to do for some people uh to love them even if they're hating you yeah I mean that's a hard thing to do but I also have to I also have to remember like where what grace I've been given and on top of that where do I want my where do I want to be right sure where do I want to be moving forward in my life in 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 creation as being a human on this planet amen you know I want to I want to raise my you know vibration as they say um higher rather than bringing it down and Mm. you know that is good that's good that's really good this is a great segue into our closing song. It just fits so well. Can, can yeah. I, I read something real quick here? Yeah, go ahead. So there is a meditation, too, I think that ties into... Um, where is it? I got a better view of it here uh, rather than a picture. Uh, it says, uh, this is a meditation for the day to God. A miracle of change in a person's life is only a natural happening. Is only a natural happening, but it is a natural happening operated by spiritual forces. There's no miracle in personalities too marvelous to be an everyday happening, but miracles happen only to those who are fully guided and strengthened by God. Marvelous changes in people's nature happen so simply, and yet they are free from all other agencies than the grace of God. But these miracles have been prepared for by days and months of longing and sometimes something for something better. They're always accompanied by a real desire to conquer self and to surrender one's life to God. Wow. Conquer self and surrender one's life to God. I pray that I may expect miracles in the lives of people. I pray that I may be used to help people change. Now that is like getting out of self. Yes, right? it is. Because I can sit here and go, you know, uh, I pray that you know miracles happen in my life. Right. But the thing is, is that what I've learned and what has been prompted on my spirit is that the more that I pray for others, the more that I get back in return. Amen. It's like you get back what you give out. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know that's what they talk about in the in a lot of the programs. Like you can't keep what you have unless you give it away. That's right. That's right. And and and, and that too. It fits so well with this song by Freebo. Um, this is actually a song he he wrote to his dog. <laughs> right. And if you're a dog person, get the Kleenex out. <laughs> well, you know, dog is God backwards. 
<laughs> Just saying. Okay. Well, maybe. Woof. <laughs> so when we get to heaven, we're going to hear woof. We're not going to hear it. That's meow. right. We're not going to hear meow, right? Well, we might. We might. Okay. Um, this song, this song is the reason it's so great, and the reason it fits with it, with this so well, um, is in the title. It, it, it's entitled "More Like You." Freebo wrote this to his dog because of the great example that his dog showed him in the example of love. Check it out. Soft and tender, tough as steel Here and now you know what's real No one tells you how to feel You lie there so peacefully Loving unconditionally I wish I was less like me I know 
that is the soul-piercing music of our friend Freebo. For more of his songs, visit his website at freebomusic.com. So, how do you live your life? By your preferences and just what you want to do? Or by the convictions that perhaps the Creator is placing in your heart? It's something to think about, right? Hey, listen, until our next broadcast, this is the Monty Man along with Dave Fleming and all of us here at Take 12 Recovery Radio reminding you that because of God's great grace and love, you are entitled to overcome. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.